Welcome to the Whiskey Congress. Honest, open talk dedicated to speaking the truth to those who are open to hearing it. Black, white, right, left. Most importantly, honest, bold, and fueled by good whiskey. In Whiskey Veritas, we are Whiskey Congress. Join the evolution. Whiskey Congress is back in session. Stephen and I are together in the Cleveland studio. Um, we are, well, you'll be hearing this a day after um, January the 6th, making it the third anniversary of the insurrection. Um, anyone who doesn't want to call it an insurrection, okay, because a lot of people are still denying it. I mean, I talk to people all the time, like, oh, it was no big deal. Your version of no big deal and mine are very different. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I'm not arguing that point with people, really, anymore. Uh, I'm not trying to, you know, I think you can, you know, a big part of what the right likes to do is get you to focus on a very small detail. Sure. You know, whether it's significant or insignificant doesn't really matter, right? But just focus on that so that you miss the big picture and basically pull you down into the slop to fight about, you know, names or, right. or or something. I saw a video and everyone was peaceful. Yeah. You know, something woke really. I mean, either way, like it, no matter what, like their general brand is, you know, we don't have anything from a policy standpoint, but we will argue these other little points and we'll argue them to death to the point where you throw up your hands and walk away and completely forget about the bigger picture, um, which is, you know, starting as broad as, you know, the stability of the country and on down to more specific issues. But either way, I'm not going to sit there and argue. You call it whatever you want to call it. All I know is that there was a large group of people who were kicking in doors, breaking windows, uh, attacking people, attacking police officers. Police officers were killed, died after the fact. People were injured. Um, you know, the the our nation's capital was literally invaded. Um, there was a Confederate flag walking through the capital of the United States. We fought a war for that flag to be put down and for people to be proudly flying that flag in, you know, waving that flag around inside the, the, the nation's capital is absurd. Um, you had people calling for, literally calling for the head of Mike Pence. He had to be taken by his own security to multiple secure locations. Um, you know, uh, Ashley Babbitt was shot and killed because she was trying to kick her way through a window and a door after being told repeatedly to not proceed as they were going towards a secure area, uh, and the officer shot her to stop the group from moving forward. Um, you know, I mean, we saw the violence. We saw the police attacked with flagpoles and other things. We saw them take down the American flag and raise, you know, a Trump flag, uh, again, on the nation's capital. I don't care what you call that, but what I know is... All of it was criminal activity, and I really don't care. Oh, I was just there walking around. Okay, wrong place, wrong time. For about 100 years, you guys didn't give a fuck about black kids being caught up in the wrong place at the wrong time. You had no issue with those kids sitting in jail. I got no issue with some grandma on January 6th who was just there and didn't know when to fucking punch out and walk away. If she's sitting in jail for too long, more than you, I don't care. I really don't. Oh, it's not fair. Life isn't fucking fair, which was made very clear to a lot of people in this country for a long time. Life isn't fair. I don't give a fuck about your fair. I don't give a fuck about your right. I don't give a fuck about those people sitting in jail. They should sit in jail. They had every opportunity to not do what they did, right? You, you, as soon as you see people rushing into the, oh, well, the police just let us in. Oh, the, the, the police, we were just calmly walking through. Bullshit. 
bullshit. I watched it live. You're not going to sit there and fucking lie to me about what, oh, it was just people, innocent people, normal day, walking through, tourists, whatever. Right? If you, you saw windows being broken, you saw people rushing the doors, you saw people being attacked, and if you didn't see it, then you're oblivious and you're just stupid, so you should probably be away from society anyway. <laughs> well, you know, it's, it's, I love the circular logic, because first it was, it was no big deal. Then it was, it was Antifa and the FBI. And like, okay, so if it was no big deal, then you can't say that it was just those other fringe right. groups. It's no big it, deal, but if it is a big deal, then it was somebody else. else. Exactly. And, right? and winning this argument is impossible because the, the, the logic you're trying to overcome or the lack thereof is impossible to overcome. But it is discouraging to, that's not even a strong enough word, that Trump can still say the things he does about this and remain a party leader by a lot. I mean, well, I mean, we'll see, right? Because right, well. you know, SCOTUS is is trying to figure out if they're actually going to take the case. They haven't decided to take it yet. It's under review. Like they just got back today in session, so they're going through and reviewing the cases that they're going to take that are before them. Um, they haven't made a decision. They may they may announce today live right now while we're recording. It could come you know next week or if our phones start blowing up, we're gonna pause this. Right. Thing. I mean, it could come at any point in time. Whether they take the case and then they have to you know hear it and decide it and everything else. Um, something disturbing that came out of that though is that Alina Haba, which is Trump's attorney, um, one of his many attorneys. Um, hopefully, she's getting paid. I guess for her efforts, but she came out with a quote and she said. Um, you know, people like Kavanaugh, who tr who the president fought for, who the president went through hell to get into place, he'll step up, end quote, right? And that's from Trump's attorney, right? Like, so what she's saying is, hey, Trump fought to get you in, you know, on the bench as Supreme Court Justice Brett Kavanaugh. Uh, you owe him. So why don't you do the right thing, take the case and decide in his favor, not on the merits, but because you owe him, right? Like that's how that, that quote is, that, that's how that quote tra translates. Yeah. Correct? Um, and uh, look, that's a, that's a dangerous game to play. It's a, a, I mean, every legal, political analyst strategist, even on the conservative side, just like, what is she doing? Like open mouth, insert foot. Um, now, the question is, does that come back to bite her? I, I doubt that it does, right? Because, I mean, just nothing seems to, you know, there's no accountability with these people. So, that, you know, she's not going to get in any sort of trouble for saying what she said. Um, the question is, does SCOTUS take this case? If they don't, then Trump is dead in the water, right? If they don't take it, then it's going to be upheld in Colorado that he's not on the ballot in these other places. And that's it. Right, so if a state wants him off the ballot, now the issue is is that most states that are going to want him off the ballot are states that he wasn't going to win anyway. But if he's not on the ballot at all, then I don't believe he can even get the elect. These are primary ballots too. Well, you, right, but that, that's what I'm saying, right? Like, so if he's not on the ballot, you know, in the primary, then but I, I that's that's where it gets a little bit confusing, right? Yeah, because Colorado's saying they're going to go to a caucus, so now it's not. And I frankly, I. I mean, I pay attention. I mean, the, the Republican side of the, saying they're going to go to a caucus, but I mean, there's a whole, you know, you've got the Democrats on the other side. I don't know if the the Republicans can just, you know, single handedly say, all right, now we're a caucus without involving Democrats. And I, 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 listen, I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know how that works. Um, you know, like some of the, you know, and this is crazy, like some of the stuff that 
is happening, right? Like this is these are things that haven't happened. These are things that don't have precedent. So there's it's you know not from a lack of wanting to know, but these are very unique circumstances that the stuff that this stuff is that is, that the stuff is. <laughs> um, you know, so I think there. I I try to wait until I have a better understanding and try to dig into something a little bit more before I start, you know, positing uh, solutions or outcomes and things like that. Now, other people in the media don't do that. Like, they'll just go out there and spew whatever right, wrong, and which is why you have to kind of sift through your information and your news sources because some of these people, I know they wrap it up and they put it in a really pretty package and it sounds great, but it may not necessarily be based in fact, truth, or reality. Um, and we have to keep that in mind, right? Just because someone says something loud and first doesn't make it anywhere near remotely right automatically. Right. And say it enough times that people start to believe it. I mean, that's the... Well, that's the... And with some of the stuff, especially because of social media and Twitter and Facebook and the ability to get stuff out there, you don't even have to say it enough times. You just say it and people are like, oh, well, I read I... it on my phone, so that means it's got to be true, right? Yeah. Um, you know, so we, we, we've... We're definitely suffering from a lack of intelligence, uh, intellectual curiosity, intellectual consistency, intellectual honesty, and we're ripe to be taken advantage of by bullshit, and and this is why we are where we are with January 6th, with this, you know you know, being challenged on whether Trump should be able to be allowed on the ballot and everything else. Like, the, the, like a lot of that is because of just our ignorance and and lack of overall accountability on a lot of levels well and the the blind loyalty is amazing i've been accused of having trump derangement syndrome to which i always say give me an example because i've made it very clear i am not a fan of the guy but if you tell me one thing i've said that's been unhinged or unreal or inaccurate bring it i'll 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 own it but i mean i was talking to one of my buddies at the irish pub the other day and i said like trump and biden are both seriously cognitively impaired and he got very angry and i started going through examples of you know electric look, boats I, and all I, that shit look i i don't know if i, I look I, I i will say that biden definitely is showing signs slowing down cognitive impairment with trump i mean trump just says whatever and uh, look it's not i don't like going down that road right and because there's like Cognitive impairment, those are like scientific medical yeah, terms. Sure. They have meaning, right? A guy fumbling over his words, you know, an old guy in his 70s, which they both are, 80s, you know, fumbling over words, I'm not going to necessarily stamp with the cognitive impairment. Like, if that's the case, then you are very cognitively impaired, right? And so am I. So we need to... <laughs> well, stumbling over words is one thing. Talking about airports in the Revolutionary War okay, is just... but also, can dilute. you just be an idiot? Yo, okay. All right, but there, there's either a way, though, but no, not either way. There is a difference. Details matter. All right, so your right. brain's not your brain is working as well as it used to, but it never worked well. Sure, okay, right? but that, but again, that matters, and and I think my thing is part like so even with your buddy, right? What you're trying to say is you know two guys I don't think are all up, yeah. have it all upstairs, right? But again, cognitive impairment, very specific term, medical, okay. and and. I just think that in these arguments, you need to be firm in the facts. You need to be very, like, actual and factual with the terms that you're using because they're not in any stretch of the form. And as soon as you start to go down the road of getting kind of 
playing it fast and loose with facts and terms and everything else, you're, you're starting to play in their world, which is what they need, right? If, you, if you're consistently hammering them with the correct technical terms, factual things, right, then, then you can't lose. But where you can lose is, and this is where they thrive, and we saw this long, long, back in 2016, even when we were talking to Mike Wood, right? Like he, you know, the, and, 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 and I bring up this example all the time where Trump says, oh, I had the most, you know, viewed, watched, attended right. uh, inauguration of all time based off the raid, right? And everyone goes to the TV ratings like, no, right? And then, but what, but how was that, what, how is his statement factual? Well, he was including streaming, YouTube, other things like that, where those numbers don't show up in the ratings numbers. At least they didn't at the time. And so technically, he was right, right? And that was a first example of you got you have to pay attention to the specifics and the details. And because if you're going to beat these guys, that's how you're going to do it. And they will get you if you slip up, right? So going down the road of they're both cognitively impaired when you don't actually have verifiable proof of that from a medical professional, not the way that I would go. Like, it's e like I get it, you're at the bar, you're just talking loose or whatever, but again, you know the I know the person who you're talking to, you know how passionate they are about their conservatism and Trump and everything else. You have to go at that guy with real shit. Well, I would say that there's nothing I'm going to say that's going to change his mind. I mean, no, he there's flat, not. He flat out just got up and walked out, one smoked a cigarette, and was like, "Right." Oh, he also listens to our show, so you might be offended. I'm sorry, Maybe, but I mean, but like, uh, like, are they both cognitively impaired? I don't know, and, and I'm, I'm like, I, I won't say it. Like, I'll sit there and I'll watch Joe Biden and just be like, "What the fuck?" Oh yeah, right. Like, I don't necessarily like with Trump. I just see Trump doing his normal rambling thing. I, to me, to I like people who are. Here's the thing: who's saying it? Because everyone who's saying Trump is slowing down are people who just don't like Trump flat out. And I don't like the guy. I hate, I can't stand the guy. Right? But you got to have some form of objectivity. And when I'm watching Trump, I don't see a person who's cognitively impaired. I just see Trump being Trump. And is he slowing down a little bit? Sure. Maybe. He's 80-whatever years old. 77. Yeah, 70, whatever. But either way, I, 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 cognitive impairment, I'm not qualified to say that. But what I, am, but what I do know is that he spews a lot of bullshit out of his mouth. Okay. What I do know is that he's a danger to our democracy based off the words that have come out of his mouth. I'm going to be a dictator for a day. I'm going to go after people who don't like me and people that I owe, I feel that I, that, that I need to get retribution from. Right? Like, just yeah. even some of the policies that he's talking about, right? Like, oh, if you don't support America, then, you know, if you're, if you're here on a green card or a visa or whatever, and you don't support Christianity and you say something about not liking America, or you say something about Israel, we're going to ship you out of here, right? That's not America. That's not a democracy or public. That's right. not like, you know what I mean? I don't like Trump because of the things that he said and he's done that I do not believe uphold American values, things that I believe that put America in danger, things that impact our security, things that impact our credibility and stability. Like, I have very specific reasons on why I don't like him, why I don't trust him, and why I feel that he literally puts me in danger. And when you're making that argument, I just think that you have to cross your T's and dot your I's when you're talking about, like, you, you, you're no longer afforded the ability to just go out there and just say kind of what everybody else is saying, especially, I think, because we have a podcast, because we have a platform, even when we're out there talking to people on the street, we need to hold true 
to being very specific and detailed and fact-based, right? We just can't afford to be loose like that. You know, um, if I'm going to then pile onto your point and say, Biden has been a gaff machine and said dumb shit for, for as long as I've known. Years. Yeah, I mean, right. He, as long he, as I've been alive, as long as I can go back to, the to clips where, it, like, when he had hair and it had color, him just making these gaffes that make you go, "Dude, what?" Right? Like, I mean, you so know, wait, no, wait, and by your argument, he's at the top of his game, right? Like, I mean, <laughs> this is hit. You know, I mean, like, it just it sounds worse because again, he is older, so it's got that old sort of old person slur to it and it just yeah. it sounds bad and then you see him kind of bumbling around and he just he looks old he looks aged like every president ages sure um you know mm-hmm. i think other than obama obama aged very well i mean uh, by I mean, comparison to everybody but yeah right? yeah yeah like I mean, obama I mean, looked better than all the pre- i mean we i mean you know there's a few that we didn't get to see age for various bullets or whatever but <laughs> You know, I mean, it just, uh, you know, like Obama's kind of an outlier. I mean, but his hair, you yeah, know, no, right. he showed, he shows him age and, and George W. Bush. Right. You, you look at you know, day one and leaving office and you're yeah. like, wow, yeah. that takes a toll. Yeah, day 720 or whatever, or whatever the math is on that. But, Not 720. Uh, yeah, so I don't know. But to, to the, you know, just going back like that, like those things are are out there with, with Trump and uh, SCOTUS. Deciding if they're going to review the case. If they don't review the case, again. That's where I'm going. What what happens if they then, don't take it? Then, you know, he's now, you know, GOP, Republicans, they're going to scramble. You know, Colorado, like you said, they're talking about a caucus. Some of these other states are like, we're fine. We don't care. Um, it'll be interesting to see uh, because I, I really hadn't thought about, like, if he's off the ballot in so many states, you know, in the primary, can he still get the nomination? And I feel like he can because it's ultimately up to the Republican, the, the, the RNC, yeah. right. The Republican national committee. So I, th- I figure they'll figure out a way to still get him on unless they don't want him on and they want to be done with them. And then they just say, let Nikki Haley and, and uh, Ron DeSantis battle it out. Um, you know, if they feel that Trump is wounded enough to where they can get past their fear of him, then maybe they let this ride out. I don't see it though because they just they fear him so much. It's insane. Yeah. Like I mean, you got these people who who, you know, constantly are talking about toughness and, and the good old days and not being bullied and pushed around and yet they're all deathly afraid of anything of going against Trump. Like Elise Stefanik, uh, out of New Jersey, she just, you know, retracted her support of a candidate that mildly criticized Trump. Right? I don't, I don't know the story at all. Uh, I just told it to okay, you. That's all that's, okay, that's all. That's the story. Right? Okay. I mean, it just it was it was not for a, a substantial position or anything, but but still, no. She's one of the biggest Trump sycophants there are out there. Um, she she like she has staked her her entire career and personal brand around being you know the ultimate Trump supporter. I believe that that the second time around, she feels she's going to get something big out of it. Um, but there's so many other, Marco Rubio is another one, you know, Ted Cruz is another one, um, Lindsey Graham, right? Like these people who just like, will just blindly follow and say and support Trump no matter what will, you know, disregard their own previous statements, negative statements about Trump, right? Like if you were to take quotes from Lindsey Graham, Ted Cruz, Marco Rubio, 
you know, even Elise Stefanik, all things they said about Trump prior to them becoming full-on Trump endorsers, right, if you just took those quotes and gave them to them blindly, like, they would attack those quotes, they would attack the people who said them, and then you remove it and say, hey, you said this, right? Oh, I, I never said that. Like, we have you on tape. Well, that was... It was out of context. You don't understand the, the mathematics, right? Whatever, right? Like, it's just, it, it's, it's scary that this is what we're dealing with, um, but they know that, like, they, they have yet to been... There has yet to been, there has not been to this point a penalty for it, right? Unless. Unless you actually speak up and then there's a penalty. Well, unless, right, like you do say something against Trump and he fires you and you get kind of pushed out of the circle, right? But the the real only damage has come to people who have literally been busted by the law and end up going to jail, um... You know, and and dealing with that, which you know, there's a there's a few, but even those people, right? Uh, you know, Paul Manafort's been relatively quiet, but you still have your Roger Stones, you still have your Mike Flynn, Bannon's still doing you know, his thing. Bannon's still doing his thing. You know, Michael Cohen, you know, he went to jail, but he flipped on Trump, and and he's around still, right? His voice is still out yeah. there, right? But there's, you know, there's there's even there's more. I mean, it's amazing the number of people who have gone to jail or have been charged or who have been found guilty and are, you know, trying to rebuild their their whole brand. And yet these people are just like, they take nothing from it, right? Like none of them are looking, like Jenna Ellis, you know, she ends up, <laughs> you know, she ends up pleading and crying and doing the whole thing. And everyone is just like, oh, well, she's a traitor. She doesn't get it, right? Like, yeah. like are you fucking serious? Like, you, and you people are still just... And, and one thing that... So we've talked uh, last week about how Joe Rogan and Bill Maher and others get pressure and they flip and they were once, you know, considered libertarian or liberal. They get, you know, attacked by CNN, attacked, and they just go full tilt the other direction. Not that Bill Maher has gone full tilt Trump, but um, it's one thing I always have to caution myself about. It's guys like Michael Cohen and Adam Kinzinger, who now they're saying the things I want to hear. But they're still the same person I couldn't stand before they said them. Well, the, the, and the issue, too, is, you know, the, and this is, here's the, the crux of it, right? So you've got an Adam, and Kinzinger, to his credit, was, was kind of calling a lot of this shit out beforehand. Yeah. But even still, when he really started to crank it up was when he knew he wasn't going to be back in office, right? Yeah. And so you don't have many people on the conservative side with a job, right? Um, you know, as a congressman or a senator that are speaking out against Trump, right? It's once they know that they're not going to run for re-election or once they're out of office, then all the criticism and the critique comes. But as long as they can possibly benefit from Trump being Trump, they're not going to say anything, and that's usually while they're in office, which is why it makes it hard to sit there and listen to a guy like a Kinzinger or, you know, some of these other people, you know, like I'm sure... Now, McCarthy, once he's fully out, like he's going to come out and he's going to have all his criticisms of Trump. And I'm sure he's going to talk about January 6th and how bad it was. But it's like you're doing all this shit and you never would have done that if you were still speaker, right? Like now you're doing it because you're mad because, you know, they ousted you. And so you took your ball and went home and now you want to spill all the dirty laundry. And I'll listen to it. But the problem is it doesn't do any good in the fight against stopping a guy like Trump because... Be, like now you're 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 a limp noodle. Well, there's one guy who's been outspoken, said the right things, and, and been consistent, and it's someone you can't stand, and that's Chris Christie. 
Um, I don't have a. I, I don't okay. necessarily dislike. I mean, my issue with Chris Christie is, you know, in that 2016 election, he went after Trump hard, right? Then he gets, you know, he's not going to win it. So next thing I know, he's on the transition team for Trump, and then he's fighting for a position in Trump's cabinet. And he spends some time there, and then he gets out, and then, like, but he's the prime example. When he's out and he's not trying to get a job with Trump, well, he's got no problem being critical of Trump. And right now he's trying to run for president and trying to, you know, fighting for the same job that Trump is trying to fight for. So he's got no problem with it now. But if Trump wins again, does Christie turn around and start sucking Trump's dick again? I I don't think so. I doubt it this time because, I mean, I think, you know, like, I doubt. I highly doubt that. He just did an ad where he said, I was wrong to support this guy. He's like, I did this. I did it for this reason. But how how many times has a politician done an ad where they look into the camera and say, I was wrong, I made a mistake, and I'm trying to fix it now? There's not many. And look, I I give him credit, which is... My thing with Chris Christie is that he frustrates me because I think that... I mean, I have an issue with the fact that you know he's built like an out of shape Tony Soprano. His, his impulse control, I think, bothers you. Right. Like, I mean, in in the same out, an out of shape yes. Tony. Yes. <laughs> Let's not let that exactly. slide. Right. I, I was glad that that kicked in when it did for you. Uh, but you know, besides besides that, though, I mean, I think Chris Christie could be a good presidential candidate. I think he would be fair and reasonable and you could work with them, right? Like, I mean, and, you know, progressives and people on the left, like, they, they're not going to, they don't want to hear anything about any conservative candidate. I don't really care because most of your candidates suck anyway. But, um, like, Chris Christie is someone that may be able to work, right? Is someone who you may be able to hold your nose and vote for, and it may not be that bad of an experience all in all. But, you know, he's he's got no chance. Um, so, <laughs> oh, well, so, there's so, so there's that. And, and, and again, like I said, I do have a little bit of a beef with him for the way he flipped after kind of getting booted out of the mix in 2015, 2016. It's good to see that he's owning it, but I think he knows that his only way in is to continue to try to be the maverick of the GOP group, but he also knows that he's got no chance doing that. So... You know, he's this, just going to go out on his horse. What One thing about him that I like, and this goes in either direction, is when you've got a person who's been a governor of a state that is typically leaning towards the other party, whether it's Larry Hogan in Maryland, whether it's mm-hmm. um, Josh Shapiro in Pennsylvania, whether it's um, okay. Christie. Yep. I like that because that means you at least can compromise. You can work with people. It's not entirely... Yeah, your th- I also like the thing that... Like, Chris Christie was a governor. He was also a U.S. state's attorney, um, so he's got real experience in like in the 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 job of governing, right? And he understands and knows the law, right? With Trump, yeah. you had a guy who had no concept of the law, didn't care about it, and frankly wanted it to go away as it pertained to him and his dealings. Um, and at least with Christie, him knowing what his limits are and having an actual respect for our government, you know, bodies, policies sure. and things like that. Like th- there's there is value there. And we've had that in the past, even with Bill Clinton and Bill Clinton did a lot of shady shit. But yeah. still is someone who at least understood and, and created you know, limitations and boundaries. Now, people who don't like the Clintons will say, oh, blah, 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 and they'll bring up all the things that they don't like about the Clintons, and to you, I say, shut up. Um, 
you know, I mean, it is what it is, and it's in the past, but, uh, you know, just making an example, uh, and I just don't want to go back down the road of Trump, uh, because, again, I just think he is dangerous to everyone, including the people that support him. As much as I can't stand him, I think they, 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 can't, they can't see that he could possibly do anything wrong to hurt them, and they may not even see it, even when it's happening in real time. They're going to blame everybody except Trump. Right until the point for some of these people, they die, right? And whether it's because of something Trump did, or they just go to their grave with he was all perfect and all like they're gonna die with it, and that's that to me is like sad and depressing um, that people put him to that high esteem that they can't see any flaws in him. Like I, I just there's no one that I support, no one on earth in anything that I view the way that these people view Donald Trump. No, no I agree. Like when people say you can't criticize Joe Biden, I we I have criticize both. We, him say, all we, the time. We, we we have both. Right. And and when when people say that to me, like you you can't take it when like listen to me record shit and say it. I've been very critical of Joe Biden. I've also been supportive where I think he deserves it. But um, you know to say I can't deviate from you when I tell my one friend in Buffalo, you're in a cult. Get out of the cult. He's like, so are you. That's your that's your argument. Right. So I'm in this thing, and so are you. So it's it neutralizes. Real quick, staying on the Supreme Court though, if they don't take up the case, is it over? They just said nope, we're not doing it. I mean, or is it so crazy we if, don't know? No, I mean if they don't take it, there's nowhere else to take it, right? Like so, I mean now, I guess like so, it's at least over in Colorado. Now, someone could bring it. On based off of what happened with Maine, because that's a little bit different, right? In Colorado, it was a court decision. In Maine, I think it was their attorney general's decision or their state. Yeah, uh, it was. It was a, an uh, official. Maybe right. Secretary of State. Yeah, it was either Secretary. I think it was the Secretary of State just decided to do that on their own, and so you you could see that case brought because it's it's different, right? Okay. Um, but I mean, for the most part, if they do it, if, if if states follow through, and they follow essentially the blueprint of Colorado, and it's successful between now and in the primary, then there's really no recourse for Trump because the court has already said eh, we're not going to take it. Now, could the court change their mind and decide to take it later? They could, okay. right? Like you know, but as of right now, if they say we're not going to look at it, then he's not. He's definitely not getting on in Colorado. Um, you know, like I said, someone could bring something in Maine because it's a different fact pattern, but... Mm. Well, it's going to be... It's gonna, I mean, this is such a wild thing. The fact that we're talking about it is just surreal at times when you hear... We're literally talking about a guy who's got four uh, indictments, 91 felony charges against him, ranting and doing his thing, and the Supreme Court that he feels owes fealty to him, um, which, for the sake of our country, I really hope that they have the integrity to say, we're doing this on the merits of the law and the Constitution. Knowing full well, if you're Kavanaugh or, or Barrett or Roberts, that if you vote to keep Trump off a ballot, you probably better hire a security detail beyond what you've already got. I, mean, I hate to say it that bluntly and that, you know, in that much of a fearful or knee-jerk reaction, but am I wrong? <laughs> uh... The answer is no, I'm not they, wrong. No, you're not wrong. But if they take the case, I would strongly think that that means they're going to reverse the decision. 
um, just based off the way the court is weighted. Um, you know, I think I don't think the court wants to get involved in political decisions. Like, I think if they if they take it, then I think that they they want to put their their stamp on it. And given the way the court is made up, them wanting to put their stamp on it means that it's going to swing in favor of conservatives. Um, if they don't take it, then they don't want to deal with it. Like, I think that you know, I could see Roberts just saying, like, look, this is we like we've had enough smoke with. Clarence Thomas and taking trips and money from, you know, uh, the dude from Dukes of Hazard. Yeah, I forget his um, name. Uh, you know, from Boss Hogg. And, you know, we've got some of you others who have caused a little bit of controversy. We're just going to we're gonna sit this one out and, you know, Donald's on his own. I could see that happening, but... W- wouldn't that be deemed a an act of disloyalty by the uh, MAGA crowd? I think it 100% would. I mean, sure, it would. But, I mean, it, it's still, for the Supreme Court, like... I think, again, if they want to kind of stay out of it, like that's that's the best thing for them to do, right? I'm not saying that that's the best thing to do from a legal standpoint because I think legally they need to take it, they need to argue it on the merits, and then they need to make a decision because I can make an argument, right? I can make an argument on due process a couple different ways, right? Like it went through the courts in Colorado, so Trump got his due process, and the decision was you don't qualify, right? But you could also make the argument that, like, you know, he hasn't been charged with insurrection. That's not an actual, um, you know, like something that he, he hasn't been charged with it. He hasn't been found guilty of it. So you're making that determination that he did because the language in the 14th Amendment is very specific, right? Like, so you could you could also make the argument that while he may have gotten technically due process in Colorado, that wasn't based off of, you know, an actual finding that Trump did participate in, like, was guilty of an insurrection at this level and so they they can move it. and that's that's where i'm a little bit uncomfortable because i think you need to in, in for me the way it would work is all right we saw what you did we all agree we're going to charge you with it we're going to find you guilty of it and then once that happens and there's no question about this like you're guilty and then it doesn't even go to court right this you haven't got that like everyone's just saying i watched it happen on abc news uh, I watched all your rhetoric leading up to it. I've decided that you're responsible for it. That's insurrection. We all believe it as a group. Let's take it to court. Court's just like, yeah, we feel the same. Even though we don't have an actual legal decision on whether you did or not, we're saying that you did, and so now you're out. And that's the part that I feel uncomfortable with, and I would prefer the Supreme Court to weigh in and say, do we need that determination, right, of him actually participate or, or you know, causing an insurrection or being part of an insurrection, or is this enough, right? If you tell me, if the Supreme Court tells me that him going going through this process in Colorado is enough, good, right? But I just, mm, I don't know. Well, it's going to play out. Um, I I don't want to spend our entire time talking about that. So uh, we do need to touch base on, on Claudine Gay, the now former president of Harvard University who has resigned. Um, don't have a lot to say about it other than you know. I mean, look, flubbed it, it as bad it, as you could. Well, <laughs> on a huge stage, it's the conversation around it. I think is lost in um, is lost in identity politics. And what I mean by that is, she resigned because you know she's saying she was receiving pressure because of plagiarism, and the plagiarism stuff was brought up was re- really started to get cooking after her 
testimony before Congress where they asked her about anti-Semitism, like you know, anti-Semitism and, and Jew, uh, the, the genocide of the Jewish people, and she could not give a straight answer. Right. Right. And you know, at least Stefanik again bringing her back up, you know, asked a very direct question. Right? Does you know people ranting and raving about the genocide of Jews? Does that uh, is is that you know harassment, harassment, or hate speech. The yep. hate, whatever? Right? And then her, and then Claudine's gay answer was, well, it depends on the context and whatever. Right? Like that's a straightforward answer. Right? Like you don't have to. Pre- all you say, yes, that is you know, condemn speech and we don't allow it and, and we won't stand for it and we want to protect our Jewish students no matter what. Period. Point blank. The end. That's the answer. Right? Co- college professor, president of Harvard. Well, like it's a direct, easy answer. She gave you the biggest softball of all time because she knew that you weren't going to answer it directly. She set you up. Right? You got outsmarted by that dipshit. Right, like you're just fucking Ivy League, whatever. Right, and you just got out school, you know, outsmarted by the public school kid. Like it, it's embarrassing. I'm sorry. Like I don't give a fuck that she's gay, that she's black, that she's bald. Right, I don't care how great her speeches are. She fucked that up, and I'm sorry. That is like your job. Your president. One of the one of the one of your responsibilities is to make sure that all the students are protected equally. Because if you take the language and flip it around, right? Sure. You know, oh, yeah. you talk and you insert just any insert clan, black, uh, uh, Nazi, whatever, right? The people talking about the 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 you know wiping out all the black students on campus, wiping out black people in America, saying that you know Africans have no what whatever, right? Her aunt, she'd be all over. Oh no, that's not loud, and we won't stand for it, right? But for some reason, Jews, whatever, all of a sudden, like you got to tap dance around it. What is wrong yeah, with you? Yeah, she. Yeah, I'm. You know, like, do not it just, it she's doesn't, a great like, loss for that and, and I hate to do the what about ism, but I'm just, I'm sorry. Like, she had a duty and a responsibility, and sit there and try to flip this. Like, does the race play into it? Yeah, it does. Does her sexuality play into it? Probably not as much. But, okay, fine, whatever. Right, yeah, the, the, but don't make this argument about that. Every single person that's getting on their high horse about defending her and defending affirmative action and saying that they're, they're attacking affirmative action and they're attacking her because he's black. Every single one of those people would, like every single one of them, if someone had, had raised a question like that, like, like Stefanik had raised about black students, right? Every single one of them would have wanted a definitive point blank answer of that is not allowed. Those students are protected. Those students are safe. And if they didn't get that answer, they would want the person's head who answered it wrong, right? Yep. They would absolutely want that person's head. And the fact that they are going around, like going every which way to say how this was an attack on women, it was an attack on black women, and it was an attack against affirmative action, and an attack against, like, no, I will not get, I, I don't give a fuck. You're not going to cancel me because I'm going to stand my ground and say everything that I would say about it. And if you got a problem with it, you can fuck right off because you are full of shit. You're a hypocrite and you're a fucking liar, right? Like that woman was wrong. The other presidents were wrong who all said it. All three of those women need to be out of their positions. And the other, so it was MIT, Penn, and Harvard. I think Penn and Harvard now have... Penn resigned like... The day. Right, or like, next day. like a yep. couple days after, right? This one took a little bit longer. Um, the MIT one is... I, I don't know what's going on with that, but I, uh, like, I think that person should be gone too. Now, they may... You know, like MIT doesn't have the same 
political uh, influence. <laughs> yeah, not necessarily political influence, but the, the, they don't have the same sort of like fanfare as like a Harvard or everything sure. else. But I mean, still, a, you know, crazy hard school to get into, and they and they produce right. a lot of crazy smart people, but. They I just mean, don't have the same political presence or, or media presence or however you want to say it. Um, you know, I guess they don't put a lot of money into their PR team like maybe Harvard does. But point being, um, I don't have a problem with her resigning. Like, I think the plagiarism stuff was cooked up to put more pressure on her to resign. And if you want to say that is dirty pool, uh, okay, but she should have she should have resigned or she should have been fired like the second she made the comments that she made. That's yeah. my point. Right, if you like, it, it shouldn't have been. It should have never got to, you know, her resigning over plagiarism because it should have been as soon as she stepped off the podium. Here's your walking papers. You are no longer fit to do this job. Sorry, we made a mistake. Peace be unto you. And th- th- how many times, whether it's OJ or George Santos, you know, you might not go, go down for the thing that people want to take you down for, but when you make yourself that spectacle, they're going to come after you. George Santos could have gotten away with all the shit he did if he didn't get into Congress and act like a douche. OJ wouldn't have gotten the sentence he did if not for the fact that you walked the first time, but we all know, so now you do this shit, you're making the, you brought up OJ face again. <laughs> um, but you see what I'm saying? It's, mm. it's when you draw attention to yourself in a very negative way and they say, okay, we can't fire you because of this because either we can't bit, or... Well, I, 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 I get what you're saying. I don't, I don't know if that's quite the proper analogy, but I, I do get what you're saying. I, I get what you're saying, right? I, I just, again, she had, like, again, she was lobbed a softball question. It was a very easy direct answer. She completely stepped on her dick with it and, she, you know, people... And did it in front of Congress. Right, in front of Congress. And people, oh, you can't, like, yeah, sometimes... There are some mistakes that you make that get you fired on the spot. That's one of them. I'm sorry. I'm, don't apologize to me. Like, I, I, and I don't care if she was a woman. I don't care if it was a white guy, black guy, fucking Asian guy. It doesn't matter. Anyone sitting in that chair that was one answer and one answer only to give, right, to show that you were fit for the job, right? Like, that, that, that was it. And she fucking failed it. They all did. So, sorry, you got to go. I'm, I'm you're not going to push back on that at all okay don't know how to segue into jeffrey epstein documents but i mean you know they released them here's the thing we're not learning a ton new you know the conspiracy theorists are working overtime trying to make something these are all names that we had seen before we know prince andrew we know trump flew we know clinton flew bill Uh, gates bill gates we know all like there's not a whole lot new I think that there were some claims that certain people were on this list and then those names weren't found. I think Jimmy Kimmel's name came up and then they didn't find his name yeah. on there and has something to do with Aaron Rodgers and Pat McAfee. I don't know. Uh, but we're not learning a whole lot new to this point. Um, and flight logs don't tell us all that much. Um, we need to know who was doing what when they got to Epstein's Island or when they were in Epstein's mansions and rent and properties and like we need to know who the people were that were raping young girls we need to know the people who were trafficking the girls we need to know who the criminals are what they did so i need to know what jeffrey epstein knew like there's a book a cd a drive somewhere i have to imagine that's got videos and pictures of people doing grotesque things i need that that's what i need flight logs don't tell me shit Right, even bank accounts don't necessarily tell me shit. I need to know 
what the actual evidence is of people committing crimes. Then any person in a picture, in a video, whatever, doing the unthinkable, you pin their asses to the wall. Every single one of them. I don't care about party affiliation. I don't care about who they are, celebrity, popularity, whatever. Pin their asses to the wall, cut their balls off, stick them down their throat. Right? Like that's but for ev- just getting on the island doesn't mean you did those things. That's though. literally what I just said. Okay. I said I, I said I don't care about your flight logs. I don't care about just being there. I don't even care okay. about money transactions. What I care about is actual evidence of crimes being committed. Okay. In this particular I, instance, I need either picture, I need video, or I need a note from someone saying, Jeffrey Epstein, on this day, at this time, such and such official sleeps with these young girls, and I got him. Now, for this, I will get this, right? I need an act, I need a right. smoking cannon, right? If, if we're going to take people down, like, we can't, it, it can't be circumstantial. I it's got to be, like, the actual real deal proof, and I don't care who it is. Agreed. I mean, going to Trump. Trump clearly spent time with Jeffrey Epstein. They had a falling out, but that's proof of nothing. Right. He could have he could have been there and been you know drinking Perrier and, and getting involved with of age women willingly. If it's I got Trump, no problem he was crushing diet cokes. But yeah, right. but to, Max, to but. your point, like look again, Trump just flying around with Jeffrey Epstein doesn't matter. Proof Jeffrey Epstein Je- Jeffrey Epstein was a guy. I don't know how he came to be. Some say he was a CIA plant. I I don't know. What I do know is that the guy was dirty, but the guy had access to a lot of money. He was looking for clients. Clients were looking for him. There was a lot of rich people doing rich people shit as it relates to money. We know that. But the question is, like that, just because they did that, like there are people who could have flown, like the dude was known for being a financier. He was known for being able to move money, right? So if you live in that world, then you, like, look, I, I'm not in that world. I'm not in that stratosphere. Right, but there are plenty of people that I have had dinner with, that I've gone to different, I've gone to games with, right? Who have access to capital, right? Or are interested in what we're doing, and then I just, but just because I'm with them, if they're into something dirty, doesn't necessarily mean that I am. I may not even know about it, right? right. And like, and people want to act like everybody knows everything about it. Like, how could you not know that Jeffrey Epstein? Like, dude, most people didn't know anything about Jeffrey Epstein. How creepy he was until you know late. He was arrested pretty much. Right, exactly. Maybe fact, maybe he was, before. He was well. He was arrested once and basically spit the hook out and got a sweetheart deal in Florida and then right. it, and, it reemerged. And, you know, and there's some people like a lot of people down in Florida knew about it, and the, so those people will say like we've known for a long time. But for the most part, most of the country had no idea who this guy was. I did. Right, none. Right, like, just like the name. Like you would hear, every now and again, you'd hear the name, and it started. The name started to cop, pop up more and more and more. As, as he, I think, got more egregious and kind of got more flamboyant, but most most of us had no idea who this dude was, right? right. And, in, and in those circles of the rich, right? Like, they, like, we, like, everyone assumes they all know each other's dirty, I, I, dirty laundry. I, I don't know if that's true, right? And, and what gets said and what's, I mean, things get said about people all the time, but are not true. Now, right. Jeffrey Epstein apparently was under uh, inflated as a scumbag mm-hmm. for a long time. Um, but yeah, it's, 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 it's going to be, it's going to be messy. And, um, look, all I'm saying is these docs being revealed to this point, haven't shown us a whole lot, haven't proven much. Like, do they connect some dots? Sure. They connect three or four dots on a puzzle that's got a million dots. So we haven't made it very far. This isn't this big revelation, but, um, I guess it's worth noting. 
Yes, and we'll see if anything does uh, come out of it uh, in the upcoming weeks. Um, in terms of, we haven't talked guns in a couple weeks. Yeah. So, well, uh, all right, uh, not on I'll, our I'll show. show. Yeah. Um, so I just want, I wanted to bring this up, right? Like, so in Ohio, uh, back about a year and a half ago, June of 22, we passed our constitutional carry, which means that you you, you can carry a uh, conceal carry a gun without a permit. Right? right. And people, you know, the anti-gun crowd and even the sort of neutral gun crowd were like, oh, my God, like, it's going to be the wild, wild west. Things are going to go fucking sideways and gun crime is going to go up and everybody's going to shoot everybody all the time. More guns is bad. Um, a year and a half after, uh, we've seen studies. We've, we've you know, got a couple studies. We have one that was done by Bowling Green University. According to BGU, BGSU, Bowling Green State University, uh, and the research that they did, um, you know, prior to and after the passage of the constitutional carry, um, most of your major markets around the state of Ohio, gun crime went down. Um, you know, two markets, it went up. I believe Cincinnati and... Uh, actually, I would I put have, money on Dayton if I had to pick one. Yep, Dayton. Dayton was the other one. Um, Cincinnati and Dayton... Um, those numbers went up, but, uh, you know, overall, um, you know, they went down in, in all, you know, including in Cleveland, um, uh, Akron, Toledo, Toledo saw 18% drop in gun crime from the time of the constitutional carry to now. Um, you know, Cle uh, Cle Cleveland itself saw a 12% drop. Akron saw a 12% drop, um, you know, so it, it didn't it it didn't cause what it, it didn't it didn't have the effect that people thought it was going to have that the reactionaries thought it would have. I'd say because right. there are lots of people. Now I've got mixed feelings about this because I have a concealed carry permit. I sat through that boring ass class. I took the incredibly insulting shooting uh, segment where to qualify with a handgun in the state of Ohio, you need to actually go to a range and shoot. But what you have to do at the range is literally insulting. You're shooting it. It was nine feet and 15 feet. My target for my class is right over there. And uh, it, it, anyway, it's, it was a bit silly in that regard. But I like having a concealed carry permit because it gives me reciprocity in some states. Um, I don't know. But the flip side is California is having a bunch of uh, laws go through under Gavin Newsom that he's signing and bragging about. And one of them was restrictions on if you have a concealed carry permit in California, which is extraordinarily difficult to get without the right political connections, um, they've, they've rolled back, they've put in restrictions on where you can carry. So state parks and, and yeah, gosh, uh, you know, court buildings and whatever. Well, that was, they were probably already off, but state parks and other public places. And the forgetting the practicality of the law, if Gavin Newsom is going to be the white knight that comes in and saves the Democratic Party from Joe Biden, he's pretty much dead in the water as far as I can tell because he's got that coastal bias about guns where he assumes everyone thinks the same way I do, and they don't. Okay, so first of all, uh, wait, so when, like, so you, you, do you still think that Gavin Newsom is going to run for 2024? Um, I think he's positioning himself to be the guy to step in, yeah. What? Okay. Taking the debate with DeSantis was, he's not going to challenge Joe Biden directly, but I think there's enough rumblings in the Democratic 
circles that want Joe Biden to find a way to go away. And I think Gavin Newsom would be their choice to put in place. And I think it would be a disaster because I don't think you can have his history of anti-gun laws and win Ohio, Michigan, Pennsylvania, Virginia, North Carolina. Okay, we know all the states. Okay, oh, do we? Okay. Here's, here's the thing. So to your point that Gavin Newsom would be a bad candidate because of his stance on guns, yes, right? But in so if you mean that in terms of after 2024, right, which would be the 2028 election, then yes, he would be a bad person to step in after Joe Biden is done. Now, going back to the idea that there's the only way you could see Newsom in for the 2024 race is literally if Biden dies or is incapacitated. That's it. There's no, there's no Biden's going to step down. He's not, he didn't, like, Biden, if the only way Biden is not running is if he is dead or has a stroke or, you know, we find out that he's got dementia and it, it becomes so obvious that he, he cannot run. He's just completely, there, there's no alternative. There's no stepping in for Biden. There's no challenging Biden. Anyone who tries to challenge Biden will not get the financing to do so from the DNC. They will not be supported. They will be dead in the water. Like So that idea has to die in your head and every other little peon's head in the DNC. I'm unless, not being compared to every little peon in the DNC. All right. Yes, unless, okay. <laughs> yes, unless, because all those peons think they're the smartest guy in the room too, but unless fucking Biden dies or has a stroke and is completely incapacitated, he will be your Democratic nominee no matter what. I agree with you that is the overwhelmingly likely event. Uh, but I don't know that Gavin Newsom accepts that. He does. You think so? He said it. The only... Okay. Like, listen, that, and he said it, he knows it. And again, what he's doing is... Now, if you want to say he's backstopping, and can, like, is there a problem? It could... Biden, Biden kicked the bucket at any minute. That Not to say that he's in bad health, but... Again, the dude's, older, 80, yeah, yeah. dude's eighty, right? Like, I mean, uh, you know, a lot of funerals. This, you know, in the last in the last few months, for me and, and friends and family, of you know, parents, grandparents who have passed away that were younger than Joe Biden, frankly, right? Like, so we can't discount that. Now, I discount it because fucking Henry Kissinger lived to be a hundred, so of course Trump and Biden are going to get to live out their days probably till they're a hundred and five. So we won't be getting rid of either of them anytime soon, but. That's the only way that Newsom is in, and I think what Newsom is doing is just in case that happens, then he needs to be ready. But there's no, but that's the only way, and Gavin Newsom knows that. Like this isn't, like, I get what you're saying, like his ego, and he, you know, like he's gonna be the white knight to come in and save the day with his charming good looks and all that other shit. But also, there is a reality of 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 like political information, and he's a high level. He's a high enough level operator to know that there is no chance of him being the party nominee for the DNC unless Joe Biden is dead or incapacitated. Okay, so we were talking about Trump and what people say publicly earlier, and Chris Christie saying that behind closed doors, all of them, Nikki Haley, Vivek, all those folks are saying, Trump's a fucking clown, we gotta get rid of this guy, they won't say it in public. I think the same thing is happening behind the scenes with Biden. I think you've got the David Axelrods and the other big players, probably Hillary Clinton, saying, Joe got to go. Now, maybe they're propping up Gavin Newsom. Maybe Gavin Newsom is propping himself but up. But if the only possible way he could do it, like you can't, 
like he would have to run against him in a primary. Yeah. He'd have to primary. That's not happening. It, at this moment, I agree. I just I just don't think I don't I don't think that Gavin Newsom sees it that way. And furthermore, I don't think there's another option. All right, let's say Joe Biden has a stroke and says, Oh, you know, I gotta dedicate myself to recovery. I can't run. Who do the Democrats put out there? It would be Gavin Newsom. Okay. But I mean, like again, that's that's the only way. Okay. There's no there, And it's there's... a fucking disaster. And I I don't have nearly as anti Gavin Newsom stance as a lot of people. I'm just looking at the tea leaves and saying Oh, he's a, he's a train wreck of a candidate. He can't. I've said this on the show. He can't run. No, he probably will run because he's another one whose ego is like bigger than all the thing, bigger than the state that he fucking governs. But he's the most likely candidate if something were to happen. I'm just saying the only thing that gets him anywhere okay. near the nomination is something happening a to health Joe event. Biden. Okay, literally a, okay. a, a but again right, trauma so- one level health event that in, completely incapacitates Biden. And I really wish the Democratic Party would start looking for option B behind Gavin Newsom because I don't know who that is. Again, I've been saying Josh Shapiro, is Shapiro, the governor of Pennsylvania, is interesting to me for the reasons I mentioned earlier about being, you know, in a purple state and winning uh, an election. Um, uh, but I've never even heard his name thrown into the mix. Mm-mm. I don't even know. I mean, I like Bernie Sanders, but come on. <laughs> Uh, we can't. How? How? how you, no. I do like Bernie, Bernie Sanders. Sanders. Is ninety fucking years old. I how the fuck? I, I didn't say he was. I just saying. I just was saying he wasn't viable. Don't even say his name. I'm don't even to say Bernie say, Sanders. No, name you're not. not. I am allowed not to say as Bernie it Sanders. relates to the office of the president of the United States. We have to set a standard that just because you've been doing it a long time in the game of politics, you don't get an automatic seat because you've been around for fifty fucking years. And that's our fucking problem right now. This is why we have Joe Biden. Joe Biden feels that he has owed this seat because he's been doing this for so long. He does, he did the gauntlet of local politics and state politics, and he's a Congress senator and all the vice president. I'm owed this, right? And then if he if he were if if he had, I won't say what I want to say, but if he 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 should have, at best, he would have done me a huge favor by not running for fucking president at all this time around. But okay, fine. Then at least. You get through the first term, and then you do the right thing, and you step down. But his ego won't let him do it. So now we're stuck with him, right? And then you bring up Bernie Sanders, who's been around. And don't give me the, oh, he's so progressive. Bernie Sanders got the same fucking ego. Thinks it's owed to him. He's pissed, crotchety, because he's not the fucking president. And don't get it twisted and think that he's some sort of fucking martyr, savior. He's the, he got the same fucking ego that Joe Biden has. So those guys, like, those guys all of you are done. If you are over the age of... Fucking 65, 70, you're out in my book. You got to be out. Not even considered. Well, Male, yeah. female, black, white, I don't give a fuck. Oh, he was a civil rights leader back then. I don't care. He's fucking 70 years old. He's out. Is it ageism? Yes, it is. I okay. own it and I well, love it. Because right. I wouldn't have your old ass doing anything else related to income in my pocket. Why the fuck would I have you running my country? Are you serious? And, and my point was that he's the only other name that will get mentioned and he's not viable. Not viable. That's what I said. Not viable. That's what I said. Not viable, and his name shouldn't be mentioned. And that's the point that, like, you got, like, you got to go one step further, right? Like, Bernie Sanders, like, just should not, like, out. Well, Chuck I mean, Schumer, like, Chuck Schumer you know, would never do it, but I'm just yeah, saying. Yeah, yeah, like, you know, That's probably the name that would get thrown in there. He's not no, as old. No, Chuck Schumer's name won't well, 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 honestly, he's probably less abrasive than Gavin Newsom. 
Um, sure, but I, 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 don't, I he, I don't think he would do it. Well, I we will see. I, I, again, I fully expect it to be Biden, and unless there's an event, but but the Democrats really need to come up with some plan because what what's and and to your point, and I, I think I'm partially agreeing you with know you. What the, okay, go ahead. That. Biden's ego isn't so much like I'm owed this so much as I beat Trump once, I can do it again, I'm the only one. He's basically said he's the only one who can beat Trump, and if Trump wasn't running, he might not. Fair. So that's a different, it's still ego, but it's a different angle of ego. All right, man, we're getting, we're going along. Two things. NFL Week uh, 18 coming up. Both of our teams are fighting for playoff spots. Um it's going to be an interesting weekend. I love the way they laid out the schedule because events are going to be separated in the AFC at least. So Steelers play on Saturday. Bills play the last game on Sunday. Our teams impact one another. There's a couple games wedged in the middle that are going to be interesting. And uh, t- uh, Houston and the, the Colts and Jacksonville and uh, Tennessee. Um, I don't want to do predictions. I'm going to go into Sunday night very nervous in all likelihood. Why did you want to do predictions? Point. Okay. I, I, I'm not going to... I don't want to jinx it. Oh, I think stop. The, You're an right. adult. Okay. Am I? Uh, no. <laughs> uh, all right, so... Legally speaking, I am an adult. So, so yeah. your first game out of the slate is Pittsburgh versus Baltimore. Baltimore sitting most of their key starters. So Lamar Jackson, Ola Beckham Jr., Zay Flowers. Um, fewer guys on defense are sitting. Even some offensive linemen. So the Steelers are going to have the advantage... Um, in terms of like health and talent, but the Steelers are really beat up on defense, although we may be getting a starter back in the Landon Roberts. This is a game that should go to Pittsburgh, but Pittsburgh has traditionally played bad against backups. Just They just have. Now, we'll see. Can the magic of Mason Rudolph continue? I think the potential is there. The reason why the offense has opened up under Mason Rudolph is just because he can complete passes downfield. Period, point blank yeah. at the end. Safeties have to play back because Mason Rudolph has a cannon of an arm and he's accurate enough and the receivers are athletic enough to where they can go get the ball, mainly George Pickens and Deontay Johnson as well, but George Pickens is the main threat and he's one hell of a threat. He made some catches against Seattle. Temper. Like, all the talk about George Pickens, oh, because he didn't block for Jalen Warren, all that shit is gone, which is amazing because the vitriol was disgusting. Uh, but it's all wiped away in these last couple games because George Pickens is showing you that like that's the reason why he is that dude. Now, um, with that being said, right, like so you've got your safeties back, so it opens up the run game, and now all of a sudden people are remembering that Najee Harris is a really good running back who is very hard to tackle, and Jalen Warren is re- reaping the benefits because those guys aren't being touched within the first five yards because, again, the defense has got to play back. Those defenses play back. You don't have eight guys in the box. The offensive line isn't overwhelmed. The offensive line is showing that if it's a fair one-on-one sort of block, they can block people. And now you get Najee Harris with a head of steam. Boom, he's making runs. Jalen break, Warren's breaking them open. So that's a game that the Steelers should win. The next game on Saturday is Houston versus Indianapolis. The Colts, that is a win-in-your-in scenario. So either one, whoever wins that game is definitely in the playoffs as a wild card. They could theoretically win the division, the division yeah. if the Titans beat Jacksonville. And that is very iffy. I don't have a lot of faith in the Titans the way they played this year. But the Jacksons have the Jacksonville Jaguars <laughs> Jackson. have played down some, so that's a game that's kind of up in the air. It'll be interesting. Uh, we said before the show, Trevor Lawrence was trending like he was not going to play, but I just heard 
uh, before we started when I was out in my truck that he was now trending that he was going to play. So we, I, I don't know the situation there. All I know is that the spread in that game has dropped from five to three in favor of Jacksonville. So Vegas is thinking something, but that could be a money thing. Um, some of your other games that matter, obviously the Bills and the Dolphins, the last game of the slate is you know probably the biggest one. It's a weird game because Miami has not played well against Buffalo like for a while. I think Buffalo, not, Josh Allen's nine and two against the Dolphins. Yeah, so you know Buffalo's got Miami's number. Miami has got uh, Bradley. They lost Bradley Chubb for the year to an ACL. Their corner is out. He hurt his foot. Um, Tyreek Hill's house caught on fire, which is odd. Like his yeah. uh, kid in the house set a fire or something like that. So he's kind of out of. He's disoriented. Miami's in the playoffs no matter what, but you have to imagine they're still going to play hard for that two seed. Um, it'll be an interesting game. I don't have faith in Miami. They don't beat top-tier teams. Buffalo has plenty of incentive. I anticipate Buffalo winning this game. I would prefer if Miami won it because that means Steelers You're are in. in. Yep. Um, I feel a little better. I, think, I just think that the Titans could surprise people. I just... I don't know if Will Levis is going to play, and he's been really up and down. He had that really great game when he first started, and then he's kind of been eh, ever since. Also been injured, but they could start Ryan Tannehill, who I wasn't even sure he was still there. <laughs> no, he's still there. I mean, like they, they you know, like they, they, they'll start Ryan Tannehill, and I, I don't know, maybe Ryan Tannehill goes out in the blaze of glory. I, I don't know, but that's probably the Steelers' best chance is Tennessee beating Jacksonville. Um, but there's a couple other scenarios where if Denver wins and the Colts and the Texans tie, don't tie. Oh, don't tie. Okay. And But I think we still need Jacksonville to lose or some scenario. I don't know. But it's, uh, it's you know, in the NFC, neither of our teams are in the NFC, so I don't, I don't I haven't paid as close attention to those scenarios. Um, but their their field is mostly set. The, a, the NFC South is kind of is very messy. Um, I think Tampa Bay needs to win. If Tampa Bay wins, then they're the division winner and they're in automatically. They're kind of in flux, though, because Baker Mayfield is hurt and he's been playing pretty good, and I don't know who the backup is. I think it could be you. I don't know. I, it, it's, it's, it's not me. Uh, Breaking yes. news. So, and then also, like, you've got New Orleans and Atlanta. Can we talk about Atlanta? Like, Arthur, I, I hate to. Do we have to? <laughs> I hate to do this. Uh, you never want to see anybody fired, but when you're talking about NFL coaches, the way they're paid, he'll be fine. I, I don't – I don't – Arthur Smith should not be a head coach of a football team. Can we just – right? Like, one, because of the mustache, like, and it's just, like, potato face. I'm like, what are you doing? Like, shave the mustache or grow a beard. But, get like, something needs to change there. And, like, you just listen to, oh, yeah, I mean, the team, we didn't do uh, – execute well on offense and uh, – yeah, like uh, the offensive line didn't block, and I, I called the run play. Uh, I know I've got B. John Robinson, who's a first-round draft pick, but I went with the guy who uh, is not nearly as good, and uh, that guy didn't get the first down, and, and I'm not exactly sure why what happened. We'll have to go back and look on the tape. Uh, our quarterback situation, you know, we feel pretty good about it. We have started, you know, three different quarterbacks, and our draft pick isn't that good, and, uh, you know, our backup is Taylor Heineke. So, uh, you know, we feel pretty good about our chances, uh, you know. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, good day. if I had tried to run with something for that long, you would have lost your fucking mind. I want that on the record. Yeah, you wouldn't have done it as good, though. That's the problem. That's why. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I just... But, really, I, I couldn't I just, have done I, that. I, no, you couldn't have. You couldn't have. You, there's no way you could have. Try it right Try, now. I, well, uh, I don't know, Steve. I don't want to do that right now. You're not doing um, a good job. I, I do want to say one thing, though. 
when you talk about these games, and I love the, the fan perspective versus the players. Like people, people say, well, Baltimore doesn't care about this game, or this team, Tennessee doesn't care about this game. Those are guys fighting for a job. You know, fans will sit there and say, oh, I hope we lose because it'll get us a better draft pick. That's you saying you want a player to say, I want you to find someone better to replace me. So fuck right off. I'm well, playing hard. I mean, look, I, I think the, the talent the put on the field changes, but the effort probably I, I does think, not. Look, I think if you're looking at it, if you're if you're a team, like you can make this argument for the Steelers, but a, a perfect example of this would be the Vikings, right? So the Vikings could theoretically still make the playoffs. Uh, like, they need to win, and they need a whole bevy of things sure. to happen, right? But the reality is the Vikings can't do anything in the playoffs because their talent level at the quarterback position on that team maybe is about me, you, and the guy down the street, right? Like, they've got Josh Dobbs, who is a great story, but he's not a good quarterback, Right? And then they've got a rookie who is way overmatched, and they've got Nate Mullins, who is also not good and not good. So they like even if they get into the playoffs, right? Like they're not going to do anything. So the fans in Minnesota, now I think the Minnesota fans are, are very good fans and they just they want to see their team sure. continue to play football. But the reality is the Vikings are better off losing, right? Like the reality Long-term. like like right next year term, right? are better off losing, getting a better draft pick, and helping to bolster that team and maybe hopefully being able to keep Kirk Cousins or bringing somebody in that can help them effectively continue to win because they've got plenty of talent to do so. Um, But that's a situation where I get what you're saying, but the reality of the situation is, yeah, it may be better for them to lose. Now, you put in guys to play, but as as a coach and a general manager, it's just like, who do we put in? Right, hundred percent agree. We're calling agreed. Up everybody on the practice squad, and we're going to swap all those rules out, Look. and then we're going to bench all these guys, and then we'll see what happens. You reduce your chances of winning. Those guys are still going to play hard, but you know that they're going to be grossly overmatched. Yeah, absolutely. I'm a Buffalo Sabres fan. They literally threw a season away, trading away anyone who had the nerve to do good. They tanked on purpose and didn't even hide it. So yeah, taking talent off the field is a GM and a coach. But I'm saying if you expect those guys getting on the field to go. Well, we don't really no, care. No, they're not going to roll right. over. No, no one does, and no. I say it I mean, all the time. And there's Every... a lot of guys who have gotten themselves jobs by not rolling over. Sure. So, I mean, I, I don't have a problem. I don't think anybody from Baltimore is going to roll over for the Steelers. They're definitely not. Like, even the subs are going to come in and play hard, which is why it's a dangerous game for the Steelers uh, because they don't respond well to this. Like, the Steelers think if they're playing a backup quarterback, for whatever reason, under Mike Tomlin, they have not played well against backup quarterbacks they have lost games that they absolutely should not have lost and so it could definitely be a trap game and they could find themselves like even if they win they could find themselves out of the playoffs but they're if they fuck around and play down to tyler huntley who's not good right like we agree that tyler huntley he's is not, not good. i mean he's certainly not lamar jackson but he's, he's not good okay i've only watched good. him a few times i'm not asking him. you to t- i'm not saying right. that he's terrible what i'm saying is that he's not good if you're a good quarterback in the nfl you're, you know, yeah. But Tom Huntley is not good. He is, he is, uh, he is. Is he a Tyrod Taylor? Taylor? Oh boy, Tyrod Taylor. Tyrod Taylor is not good. He's, not, he's good. not bad. He's not, bad. He's not terrible. He's just not good. <laughs> the fact that we both got there at the same time is almost uh, <laughs> concerning to me. All right, man, we got to wrap this up. We've gone a bit long, but we got to talk about this shit. So I don't know the details beyond this, other than well, the only reason we're talking about it because you're just nothing because this is old. Yeah, it's like 2019, right. I think. Yeah, so it, it's old. It's just, it's a, I, someone sent it, actually, Ben Eves down in Kentucky sent it to me. Um, I showed you, 
I didn't realize this was going to be end up on the show. I'm not sure why we're talking about it, but it's funny. Uh, you've got a, a video of Kim Jong-un and Vladimir Putin uh, at some sort of government dinner, state dinner, and they both have champagne glasses. They cheers, and they both kind of sketchily look at their glasses, and then, and then they just both kind of set it down, right? Trust issues and... Um, you know, like, hey, you kill people that you don't like and you use poison, and you kill people you don't like and you use poison, and we both do it, and does anyone want to kill you? You know what? We're just going to set these down. <laughs> um, it is funny, and that is, that, is, that is it. So, anything else? We can stop there. <laughs> we are at Whiskey Congress on Instagram, X, and Threads. Thanks for listening. We're done. <laughs>